Round two has started, and games one and two were absolutely wild. What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catch and Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my splash bro, and my co-host, Zach. Two different games, two different stories, two different wins for both teams. Um, and like how you describe in one sentence, how do you feel after watching both those games, my brother? Game one, game one is what I call, hopefully, uh, let me just talk into a little closer so I pick up. Game one is what I call beautiful championship resilience, Warriors basketball. They were down and out. They got back into it. It was, that was just, it was just, it's, you got to give all credit to Memphis. That was just beautiful basketball in game one. Just, it was like a heavyweight fight between, I don't know what boxers I'm going to name, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. When actually, if Floyd Mayweather didn't dance around and actually fought Manny Pacquiao in his prime, but oh well. Um, it's like just a heavyweight boxing match and they're going head to head and heavyweight punches left and right. It was just back and forth and it was just a great game. And the Warriors showed up and Clay hit that clutch three. Um, my heart dropped when Clay missed both of those free throws. Dude, same here. Same here. But him and GP2, who we'll, we'll get into, which makes me sad, um, came out clutch on the defensive end. Um, and then game two was, in, I think, extremely different emotions. Um, angry and disappointed. Disappointed from the fact that the Warriors had a lead in the fourth quarter and they threw it away. Um, turnovers by Steph, who was careless with the ball in the fourth quarter. Um, I th- eighteen turnovers tonight. So you know when you have turn the ball eighteen over, turn the ball over eighteen times. I don't think you're going to win the game, but I mean it's just. Seven for 37 from three-point range. I thought game one was bad with shooting, but the Warriors said, even no, worse, we're going to up this. Um, but and it's just, it, it's the same thing that we've talked about with Clay is that when he's shooting poorly, he just chucks the shots because he wants to get out of the slump and he just chucks. And I think he, if he's not hot and he's not feeling it, he just needs to pass it out. Um, but I think game two's best player, we'll get all into this. But yeah, we'll get into this first. Right. Game um, two's best player was Andrew Wiggins, though. So uh, there we go. I would, I would say Andrew Wiggins was the best player in both the games one and two with the way he's played so far. Um, but we'll get started with game one. Um, the story going into this game was how will Golden State, how will the Warriors rebound the ball, right? You know, because you had Jaron Jackson Jr., you had Brandon Clark, two guys who can pressure the boards and crash the rebounds and offensive rebounds were a worry for this Warriors team. Um, the fact that the Warriors out-rebounded the Grizzlies 51-47 to basically showed that all five of them will crash the boards, especially Andrew Wiggins. Um, you can tell that he was making those hustle plays out there, like grabbing every single loose ball, grabbing every single offensive rebound. Like I said, in the previous series with Denver, it's just – who can make those 50-50 plays more. And it was more towards the Warriors in game one. Um, but I guess the biggest story that whole game was Draymond Green getting suspended. I mean, not suspended. Ejection. Ejected. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Knock on wood on that. 
knock on one on that. But Draymond Green's uh, ejection in the first half, I believe it was a flagrant one because that's just how it is with the rules. But did you think, in your opinion, obviously we both think the same thing, but do you think Draymond should have gotten ejected for that call in well, I the think, second quarter? Yeah, I think it, I agree with you. I think it was a flagrant one max, but I think a lot of NBA fans listening to a podcast that covers the Golden State Warriors would expect bias saying that it shouldn't be an ejection and all of that. But if you look deep down into play, Draymond slapped Brandon Clark. Yes, that is a flagrant foul. And then he grabbed a hold of the jersey. I don't think he was, and he dragged him down, but I don't think he purposely did that. I think he grabbed the jersey and pulled him back up to prevent him from a hard fall. And I think Draymond got ejected because of his reputation that he has in the league and how he has been in those instances before. And that's why he got ejected. But you you also have to give full credit to the Warriors who were without one of the best defensive players of this decade and a guy who runs their offense. But by the way, I think the Warriors offense actually looked better with Draymond off the floor in the third quarter. <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought it was a flagrant one. I don't think he should have been ejected. I think he was trying to save him from a hard fall, but everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So yeah, um, I, I would say this was Grizz- the Grizzlies game to win, basically. It was theirs for the taking. Um, it basically went all their way. Draymond got ejected. Um, Steph and Clay didn't were, really yeah. shoot well. Yeah, there were um, a lot of calls that went Memphis's way. Yeah. And I that. think Memphis really... I, I, they should have won that game. Memphis should have won that game with with everything that happened in that game and how all the odds were against the Warriors. They should have won that game. They were probably kicking themselves after for not winning that game. But that all, all, also proves that I don't think home court necessarily matters in this series at all. I think the Grizzlies have proved that they can go into Golden State and they can win not with full capacity fans, but they did in the playing game and they did it earlier this year in the, I think it was in it's different, the, bro. Like October, I said, it's November. different. It's I different. I understand. I understand. It's different. I'm just saying chase center is not Oracle arena. I mean, it's not, okay, going, I agree to be, with it's, that. It's yeah. not going to be loud, yeah. but I think, but don't get me wrong. I do think that, Jaron Jackson won't be shooting lights out from three point range at Chase Center. I think that's a little bit of a little bit has to do with home court advantage. I don't think all those Grizzlies players are going to shoot lights out and come up big on the road. But you watch John Morant tonight; he is special, and I think he can easily have another forty point game on the road. Um, I'm concerned a little bit with how they're guarding John Morant. They're basically leaving him wide open and. They're you know, he, shoot threes, which I don't necessarily agree with, but it's fine if he's like a 10% uh, three point shooter, but like you're but giving him yeah. practice three pointers exactly. that he can make. He's like, shown what, that he, he's like, he can knock them down. It felt like he sh- was shooting lights out in game one at some instances. Like he shot like two, two in a row or something. That should be an indicator. Hey, um, the Warriors should press up more. And I know Jaw has that athleticism to really drive into the hoop but it's like you would rather give up a two than a three so like um that's the reason why 
the game two, Jaw had 47, and credit to him to get 47. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do still want to talk about game one. I feel like the last minute, it was like severely back and forth. I do want to talk about like two, two crucial defensive plays. Steph on Jaw with 37 seconds or left. Like his defense is severely underrated. People don't realize how much has Steph improved throughout the years as a defender. And shout out Maverick Carter for saying that Steph can't guard. Um, this guy can guard. He basically stripped and blocked John Moran with 37 seconds left. And that basically kind of sealed the deal. Um, and then the next play. And then the next play, you got Clay Thompson uh, helping out with Gary Payton. It was basically like a, yeah. a curl action that they yeah. ran for Jaw. Everyone expected Jaw to get the ball. And the defense, again, showed championship resilience, like we said, like you said in earlier this episode. Yeah. So, like, three time champs find a way to win that game. And that's what the Warriors did. And I just want to point out how remarkable Clay has been, although he's not been at his best all the time but how good he is still on defense coming off of two catastrophic knee injuries obviously he didn't play that great defense in game two but like there was multiple instances where he left a little bit of too much separation but yeah but like clay played well although he missed those two free throws that gave me a damn heart attack (laughs) you yeah you don't see that very often like with Clay, Steph, and Jordan Poole, I mean, you expect both free throws to go down. Um, but there were there just just some points in time where the Warriors shoot free throws like a college team. It's like it's just it's 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 just not okay. You're NBA players; you got to knock these down. They're free points, and they're called free throws for a reason. Um, but like both of us said, baby champs find a way to win that game and they got it done so and i think that and i think that's a positive to take away from these two games is that they took one they took one one. on the road and that's all that matters is that you take one on the road and you win both at home and then you have a chance to close it out at home currently they have a chance to close it out in game six i my prediction still stands i still think the warriors win in six so yeah i mean um I think I said before in the last episode that the Warriors' goal is to at least steal one game. It would have been great to steal two games, but obviously the NBA won't let that happen for their golden child in John Morant, where I don't know why he gets touch calls so much rather than Steph, but I don't know. It puzzles me. I just find that remarkable and that there are guys who haven't been in the league for more than five years and they get more touch calls than Steph Curry, who is a two-time MVP and is the greatest three-point shooter of all time. Nuts, in my opinion. Um, I forgot to touch on this. Uh, Jonathan Kambinga having some sort of playoff rotation instead of belly. Um, what were your first impressions with Kaminga on the court? Because I was kind of impressed with him at points. First, he looked a little lost, but you know, once he settles in, he's he's very good. Um, I mean, he ex- provides ex- just. I want want to point out that his bounce is incredible. The guy, it, it, he makes dunks look so easy. I, I don't. 
that kid is going to be special. I've said it so many times before, but Jonathan Kaminga is that guy. And he's only 19 years old, and he's playing in playoff rotations. And I think he's going to get a lot more minutes now with the news that we'll get into later in the episode. So, Yeah, so um, game two, um, I feel like uh, Memphis was more desperate this time because they had to win or else they would go down 2-0 heading to Chase Center. So, I mean, um, you would think they came out guns blazing, and that they did. Um, obviously, like you said, we're a Golden State Warriors podcast, so obviously... Yeah, um, so, there, so if you're listening and this, there's a clip of us, this clip is clip on TikTok, Instagram, <laughs> social, Twitter, you're going to expect some bias. But I really truly believe that if you are a NBA fan who likes watching basketball and if you look at that play that Dylan Brooks committed on Gary Payton the second that that is a dirty play in Bush League and Steve Kerr he played in the 90s where those some of those plays were committed and he even called that a dirty play you can look at it for yourself there's videos all over the internet not once did Dylan Brooks go for look at the ball or try to go for the ball. He's it's he, it was a dirty play and he should be suspended for it. There should be consequences for that. And I think look, yeah, I think consequences should be a suspension because we've seen with Grayson Allen getting suspended one game for fracturing Alex Caruso's wrist because of his play. And with the news now out that Gary Payton the second has a fractured elbow, you would think the NBA would actually look into a suspension of sorts, but who knows? I really don't know. But um, the fact that Gary Payton the second is going to be out possibly for this series is going to hurt them so much because he is John Morant's basically primary defender in game one. Uh, Jaw had like 34 points, but it was on like 31 shots. Yep. In game two, I think he had 47, but it was like 20. So you can see the, um, the loss of Gary Payton the second, how much that is affecting the Warriors. So, I mean, what should the Warriors do moving forward without Gary Payton the second? Like, who's going to get more minutes in place of Gary Payton the second? So, like, what's, what's the move if you're Steve Kerr, Zach? Uh, it's going Jonathan Kaminga. I don't think Jonathan Kaminga guards Don Morant, but I think he gets more minutes. And I think you see Andrew Wiggins as his primary defender, him and Steph. Because once GP2 left the floor, Wiggins had – Andrew Wiggins has been great both these games, but he has been consistently good against matching up against John Morant, and Steph has had his good moments as well. Um, but I just I, – I, that's I see Jonathan Kaminga – getting more minutes and i think once andre comes back he gets more minutes as well um you lose one guy in the rotation so you're gonna have to have another guy enter and you've seen damian lee come in damian lee doesn't make dumb mistakes which he has done and he just gets to the right guy makes open shots i'm perfectly fine with that but there have been some moments where he's missed the man I don't know who's going to fill a GP2 spot besides just giving Jonathan Kaminga more minutes. I would assume it's probably Damian Lee. Because um, you're going to have to fill up 20 minutes, basically. 20, yeah. 25 minutes. So, like, who I think if you put to? Iggy on the floor, he probably gets 15 of those, I'm guessing. Um, and then Jonathan Kaminga could get another five. 
Um, but it just it just hurts the Warriors so much because he's a pesky defender who becomes a pain in the rear for opposing point guards. And he would have been much needed if the Warriors advanced and they were playing the Suns in the conference finals. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's heartbreaking to hear. It's tough from the standpoint that GP2 was a G League player coming into this year. And I think he was seriously going to make a some money and he was going to get a guaranteed contract with the Warriors or whoever else is going to offer him that. And now his now that may not happen because of his broken elbow, because of a dirty Bush League play by Dylan Brooks. And if you don't say that is that is a dirty play, I just don't understand if you were watching the same play I was watching because it just I I'm just at a loss for words why that needed to happen. I just don't understand. That was also very dangerous too because uh, Gary Payne was in the mid was midair. Yep. But. Let's get into all the game. We can do, all we can hope, man, is that the NBA takes the right action and suspends Dylan Brooks for the necessary amount of games that he deserves to be suspended for. We hope, but we don't know. It's the NBA. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> okay, but getting into this game, um, you would think that the Warriors wouldn't have that same shooting performance that they had in game one. But what do you know? They said, let's one-up ourselves and go 7-37 from three. Um, they had a lot of wide-open looks. I'm just wondering, what's, like, the reason? Like, do you think it's just shots not falling? Is it the home court? Or, like, what is it? Like, because you wouldn't expect the West Warriors to even go, like, 16% from three. So, like... What's up? You know what was insane is the stat I read that Clay Thompson at one point who was shooting two for ten from three was the Warriors' best three-point shooter <laughs> on the team. Yeah. Um, I don't know, honestly. I think it's another one. I, Clay has had those games earlier in the year where since he's come back where he just shoots the ball so poorly. Um, he's unrecognizable. Um, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, Steph, Steph shot awful too. Like he had a, yeah, Steph had more than Steph had 27 points, but he also shot horribly. Um, But like I said before, Andrew Wiggins was the best player. He was on the offensive and defensive glass. The thing about Andrew Wiggins is, is with how the Warriors play small ball, you would think that they don't get an off any offensive rebounds, but Andrew Wiggins has mastered the, get in the lane and then tip it back uh, out of the paint and he gets an often and gets another possession. He's mastered that art. So. Yeah. Him and Otto were basically the positives of this game. Otto Porter. Yeah. He, even though he's, he's somewhat like Draymond, he doesn't need to score points to be effective. So, I mean, I Jordan Poole had some clutch shots, um, but I think it's just a frustrating game that they had the lead in the fourth quarter and they just let it slip away and they could have, they could, we could be talking and they could be up 2-0 now. So. I mean, it, it, it is the, it's the NBA. It's a miss make or miss league. Like, like you can say, Hey, if the Warriors made like two or three more threes, 
they win this game, but like they didn't. So, and with the way Ja played, like he had 47 and um, with the way they were guarding him down the stretch, I kind of didn't like how easy the switches were like, um, Wiggins was on him and it was like a screen, like an easy screen and then pools on him, which is easy for job because pool already has five fouls. So he can't really do much or else he fouls out. So like, um, I think an adjustment for that is just, you just got to fight over the screens more and make jaw a playmaker, make jaw play the Steph role where he, if he gets doubled, make him pass it to like the open man and make that guy, um, beat you. So like, um, I don't know if you noticed that Zach, where like the last three minutes where jaw was just getting easy switches and just like the ISO was just easy money for him. And granted jaw was great that game, but, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know if he can keep it up. No, John Morant, John Morant was just incredible. I, there's just some plays where the Warriors guarded him. They couldn't do anything about it. I mean, they I, there was one play in the fourth quarter where Clay and Andrew Wiggins had a hand in his face, and he still made it. I mean, it, it, there's just some nights where he you just got to tip your cap too. Yeah. Just tip your cap. Um, but. I just find it amazing that the Warriors only lost by five and that they were in that game every step of the way for the most part while shooting, shooting like that poorly. Well, that's just. And the turnover is kind of God awful too. Like um, we see Steph with like those one handed turnovers. Like he always does this for some, for some reason, like he throws his left handed one hand pass and, we know that that always results in the turnover. But somehow he just keeps doing that. I think he had three of those, I think, um, that game. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just a pick and pop, and then he goes down the lane, tries to kick it out, and then he just throws it like he's Jimmy Garoppolo, bro. Like, just stop. Just set your feet, get a nice pass. They're just careless with the basketball, and it just – it's been happening all year, the turnovers. Um, but, I mean, what can you do about it, eh? Like I said, it's the story of Warriors' losses. They shoot poorly, they turn the ball over, and they foul too much. That's basically it. And um, if you have a combo of those three, you're gonna the Warriors are pretty much guaranteed to lose the game. So, games three and four. Obviously, the goal is to win both games. Do you think? At Chase Center, the Warriors pull off games three and four. Yes. With what happened tonight and how it went down, yes, I think the Warriors have the utmost motivation. They're going to win game three and game four. Just I'm confident in that. I do not think that the Grizzlies have – other than John Morant, I don't think they have enough – scoring to make sure that happens to win in chase at chase center in the bay area i just don't see it you can call me biased all you want but i just don't see it at all i think the warriors are going to come come into game three and kick some butt i think they should too i think they win three and four but who knows um they got the job done. They won at least one. And I think with how game two went down and 
GP2 getting hurt and the ejection for Dylan Brooks and Draymond getting not forgot to mention Draymond getting elbowed and having to go get stitches and there was no foul call. I think it's it's become a little bit personal for the Warriors with what has gone on with Memphis. The fans, Draymond throwing up middle fingers at the fans who are cussing him out. Yeah. But I think John Morant, what he did is is that he messed up after the game with what he told Steph Curry and laughed at him and said that this is going to be fun. You, What I recommend to you is that you never, ever do that to Steph Curry because he's going to – She's just going to shoot lights out the next game, man. You never poke the bear. You never poke the bear because the bear's going to come back and he's going to humiliate you in front of a live TV audience. We saw this in Houston this year where Kevin Porter Jr., I think it was him, right? Who? Yep, he was trash-talking Steph. Non-stop. He was trash-talking Steph, and you know what happened? Steph dropped 40 that game. So be careful what you wish for, basically. Be exactly. careful what you wish for. Exactly. And that is the end of the episode. Games three and games four. The Warriors are going to win. Warriors are going to win in six. I'm just going to tell you like that. Just tell you bluntly right now. That'll conclude episode number 87. 86, 87? Something like that. One of those two. We're going to get to 100 before the season ends, folks, though. We just got to hope that the Warriors continue that run. Knock on wood. Um, uh, damn, he's got no belief. He's got no belief. He doesn't. What are you talking about? I think the, the Warriors can make it far, bro. Yeah, all right. There you go. Um, so that'll conclude episode 86 or 87, some number like that. Um, make sure you uh, check us out on Instagram at Catching Dubs Pod and on Twitter at Dubs Pod. Um, and Game three on Saturday, I'll be in the Bay Area, so I'll be right by Chase Center at uh, Oracle Park for Buster Posey Day. Shout out, Buster. Um, so we'll catch you in the next one. Hope the Warriors get that crucial game three win. Yes, sir, baby. 